you so much again for tuning into the Straight Love Podcast. DP and the Cricket back at it again with another juicy episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Jim, you're gorgeous. Thank you for being here. Thank you, man. I live here. You're gorgeous also. <laughs> I want to start off this episode by reminding you that you are in control of your, of your reality, what you see, what you hear, what you consume. Clean up your timeline, why don't you? <laughs> Hop onto Facebook and clean up that timeline. Is your Aunt May constantly posting things about COVID that make you want to slit your wrists? Mute the bitch, you know? I mean, you don't need her in your reality anymore. You only have to see her at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. <laughs> but you don't need to see her 365, right, Jim? That's right. Is that our sponsor? Clean up your timeline. <laughs> Clean up your timeline. Brought to you by the good people over at Dirt Devil. Or that's our, uh, is it a CSA, Community Service Announcement? That sounds about right. Yeah. Can also be a customer service agent. I don't know if that's relevant, but uh, we'll see where... Uh, CSA are also those things like those community something, something or others, like where yeah, you that can buy right. um, veg- <laughs> vegetables from local farmers and whatnot, like you get subscription subscriptions of vegetables. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I know nothing about that. I got my vegetables from... Uh, actually, you know what? I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I do drink this thing called Subi, which is, um, I don't know if you've seen that. It's, it's like, uh, it's a powdered vegetable. So for people that don't eat vegetables like me, you buy a package of this stuff from, you know, Amazon or your local, uh, health food store. And it's just a bunch of stuff that you probably wouldn't be able to eat otherwise. Like, you know, uh, Kale and acaya, if I'm saying that right. And, oh yeah. Uh, spruella, which also, Spirulina. Uh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard actually, well, I didn't hear it. It's on, um, there's this thing called athletic greens. I've heard of that as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I've mentioned Andrew Huberman before, who's this very intelligent neuroscientist. And, um, he's a big, big promoter of that. I kind of trust what he has to say. Well, he sounds like an intelligent human being. That's for sure. I mean, if, if there's anybody that I trust as well, it's anybody named Andrew. And that's, oh, yeah. unless of course it's Prince Andrew. He's in a bit. He's in a bit of a hot water right now. I have no idea what that is. No. Uh, uh, well, you know what, Jim? Uh, it's it's going down the whole rabbit hole of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, Maxwell and the uh, the royal family, and basically the world is full of uh, elitist pedophiles. And Prince Andrew might be their leader. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Hey, man, did you hear about that woman who uh, she ended up in a hospital because she was selling her farts online? And uh, I guess she was eating. Too- <laughs> this is a, it's a true story. Keep going. It's a true story. Okay, so this <laughs> this woman who, um, I guess she was on the show 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if you're familiar with that on a and I've heard of it, yeah. So it's a, it, what that show is is basically you, you meet somebody online from a different country. You fly them into where these people usually live, which is America. And, for, and it takes about 90 days to go from the engagement to the wedding. And, you know, do they get married? It's a whole reality show kind of thing. And this woman post show decided that uh, in order to earn some passive income, being the entrepreneur that she was, <laughs> yeah. was like, I'm going to sell jars of my flatulence online. Right. The American dream. The American dream. <laughs> exactly. And apparently she was selling them. I might, I might be getting this wrong for about a thousand dollars a pop. And people were buying these things. Now, before you go ahead and shame the woman here and think you're disgusting, I actually don't agree with that. This woman is, she found a market. And if anything, shit on the dudes who are buying these things. Like, what are you, how are you, what are you doing with a jar of farts? I just don't understand. Is this really, I don't know if this is appropriate. I think she's disgusting. (laughs) So... 
but she ended up in the hospital because she was uh, she was ingesting a lot of protein shakes, uh-huh. uh, hard boiled eggs, and um, and beans. And I guess that she blew up her stomach, and she ended up in the uh, she ended up in the emergency room. So that made the front page of the Daily Mail. The world, it's no, <laughs> just no way, eh? just yeah. no. <laughs> this is this is part of my soapbox. Is that just because something is out there, like you said? fine she created this market just yeah. because it's out there i still don't think so what it, people need to people need to take the high road and not propagate it well and, and that's what i'm saying here is that don't hate the player hate the game right i mean this woman is is is, is she's she found a way to bring in i mean like geez i could use an extra thousand dollars a day or whatever it was that she was pulling in like sure, i mean but there's a like there's just a better moral way to go about it you know yeah. what i mean like take a couple of online surveys why don't you and <laughs> try and bring like it do you think do you think you could honestly look yourself in the mirror every morning you you could you look yourself in the in the face in the mirror knowing that that's how you're earning additional income a hundred percent okay well we're different <laughs> That's what makes the world a beautiful place. Different people. I mean, but, I just don't like. I, I. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I'm. I'm. I'm making somebody out there happy. Apparently, <laughs> people just got too much money. I guess you know. I, like, I you got a thousand dollars lying around where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to invest this into crypto, the stock market, or even RSPs. Going to get me a jar of farts. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. Yuck. Which is a great, I think, segue into. Um, how we, as people, feel that we're rewarding ourselves. Yes, yes, with jars of farts. I've said jars of farts way too much on this podcast. Probably, Let's <laughs> or for the rest of your life. <laughs> How are we rewarding ourselves then, Shim? What do you What do you mean by that? Well, I think what the topic of that on my mind was. I think we're not focusing on the right things. We're getting confused with what we think is a reward to ourselves. We're focusing on the wrong things. There's a lot of interesting part. A lot, a large part of this was just some videos that I've been watching. Again, one of them being um, Andrew Huberman and Joe Dispenza speaking about how you can rewire your brain. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Neuroplasticity, you know, these types of um, smart people buzzwords. And what it is, is that the brain is all, controllable by us you mm-hmm, know there's mm-hmm. it's chemical signals it's the release of chemicals it's dopamine which everyone is familiar with and, and, and addicted to sure yeah exactly and i think there's there there is not i think there is an ability to reconstruct and rewire how we're rewarding ourselves so just a mm. simple example instead of being addicted to which is which is a true thing for a lot of different things that may not be apparent on the surface but instead of being addicted to half a bag of potato chips that feeling of right the taste of it or the the feel of of eating something like that learning to be more receptive to the reward of feeling good ah of not doing that. Right. And it's a little bit more of a long-term outlook kind of thing, I guess, because those potato chips are instantaneous, right? Like that's an instantaneous reward. Not only not only is it an instantaneous reward, but I mean, and I, I don't know where I heard this, but the reason that things like Pringles or Lay's or these potato chips, Doritos, for God's sakes, are so addictive. Like yeah. when, you, when, you, when you find yourself sitting down with a bag of potato chips and you are literally mindlessly going in one after the other, yeah. and you don't necessarily even have the, necess- the you're doing it subconsciously almost. Like it's like as soon as you're done with that one, you're 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 already reaching into the bag for the next one. Like they hired scientists to be able to kind of formulate these things in a certain way to make them addictive. 
Right. Right. Which even speaks more to this side of the argument of saying that aspect is science-based. So the converse of it is also science-based, meaning you have the ability through scientific, proven scientific kind of data and methods to rewire, to reconstruct what is rewarding to you. And I mean, like, I can't speak to all the detailed science. I would I would encourage anybody out there to look up these podcasts with Andrew Huberman and Joe Dispenza. And yep. um, there are others that can offer a lot in terms of actual kind of like blueprints on how to do this. Yeah, that's what we do on this podcast. We tell you to go listen to somebody else. That's, yeah, right. that's right. In <laughs> addition to, not in replacement of, uh, <laughs> and also to just be able to adopt a different perspective, right? Like a lot of it is how you communicate with yourself. What do you and mean by that? Meaning that how do you show yourself that you love yourself more? Is it with half a bag of potato chips or is it being healthy and feeling good? Ah, okay. Okay. See, here's, here's, and I'm going to use alcohol as, as kind of an example here because alcohol is uh, highly addictive, of course. And when people try and, and quit alcohol, you, you almost need to replace that with something else that's going to make you feel good. And it's hard to do that when like what's as good as if for an alcoholic what's as good as drinking you know drinking it gets me drunk it makes me feel good it makes me happy and or, or, or i mean maybe it doesn't but it it it, it becomes such a, a lifestyle and a part of um you know who you are to a certain degree that if you're going to quit cold turkey and give that up as addictive as it is you got to be able to replace that with something that's just as awesome so what is that then right i mean like how do you how do you replace that drink in your hand and that false confidence and that feel good and that warm fuzzy feeling with something else that's going to be just as rewarding and it, 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 that also kind of needs to be not necessarily instantaneous but needs to have a a payoff rather quickly. I agree, and I think there are certain things that can provide that. Um, you, I mean, there's a lot of mental game to this. There's Big a lot time. of oh, totally man. speaking yeah. yourself through. But alcohol is a great example, and for all the things that you mentioned, but also just to even illustrate how. Alcohol also kind of is a little bit of an acquired taste, I guess, and preference and reward in and of itself. I don't 100%. think, I mean, I won't speak on your behalf, but I know the first time I drank a beer, I didn't think to myself, this is the most delicious beverage I've ever had. I wonder how many people did feel like that. Because exactly. I certainly didn't either, man. But yeah. I mean, you know, what were you like 16, 15? Yeah. Yeah. I think most people don't feel that way, but right? But do you develop that palate though? Like, is there a 15 year old who cracks a Coors Light and is like, I am in fucking heaven right now? I doubt it. Okay. I think what ends up happening, right, is you make that first association with what the feeling of having alcohol results in, all those mm. things that you just explained. Okay. So it even just speaks more to that connection into the mind with the system of dopamine and reward and what that makes you feel included because you're drinking or doing something that you shouldn't be because you're underage, like all mm -hmm. these types mm -hmm. of aspects. So it even speaks kind of in concert with the fact that you can reverse that stuff. You can unlearn it, so to speak. Ah, okay. Is, is the angle that I'm kind of approaching with that. And it takes time though, right? Well, sure. It takes time, but I, I really think there's such power in, in communication. There's such power in speech. There's such power yeah. in positive thinking. I mean, depending upon your level of conscience, if you even introduce the thought to yourself of, if you're going to have a drink, you're going to say to yourself, is this really the best way to love myself right now? Hmm. Yeah. And even that I have to believe because of how we are, you know, energetic and spiritual beings and everything. I think they're probably without having the choice to it. You 
get a feeling of you feel that maybe this isn't the right choice I should be making. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting that we kind of landed on alcohol as something to speak about in that way because, you know, people and, and not not even necessarily alcoholics, but maybe people that people reward themselves with alcohol. It's like it's the end of the day, mm-hmm. had a long day at work. I'm going to have a, a, you know, glass of wine or a whiskey or whatever it is, or I need something to take the edge off is what a lot of people say, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, a couple of drinks, you know, one drink can lead it to two to three to four, whatever. But I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's again, like, like, as you said, I, there's this position of, I need something to take the edge off. Right. And I associate taking the edge off with alcohol. So you need to introduce different, so you need to reassociate and say, well, what if I did deep breathing for four minutes? Could that take the edge off? And it, and it, and it can, but I, it, you know, what's so interesting about that is that, and I've done that before yeah, and it always works, but prior to, it's like I convinced myself that it won't, like it's not worth the effort and it's such a small effort, but it's like a battle to do it. You know, it's like an uphill right. battle and I don't know why that is. So that's part of the whole obviously challenge and all this and how do you find those other tools to combat it yeah and i think at least for me when i was you know a lot of this is just a a composition of things that i've been reading lately and watching on youtube and on the internet and whatnot and i just thought there there for sure there's a very much a scientific component to this that that's real and again i encourage anyone to to look into that because if you actually understand how these things work in your mind Mm -hmm you're able to use them better, right? It's like reading instructions of something. Sure, you can figure out how to use something. It might take you longer. You might not actually ever figure out the exact way or you might end up with extra parts when you're putting something together. Mm -hmm. It might still function. But the likelihood is that if you understand and read the instructions, you're going to have greater success at it. So this is no different. And then it's also introducing, I think, the kind of emotional, spiritual component to it, which you know we do our best to promote here. And that's... How are you loving yourself the best? And really teach yourself that exercise is a, is a better reward than yeah. a vice, which it is. Like, which, I mean, it ultimately is. Which it is. And I think that, you know, most people do know that, but it, it takes effort, right? Yeah. And I think that we, it's so easy to not try. And I mean, we're, we're, we're creatures of, of, I don't want to say comfort to a certain degree, but we're creatures of routine and we like to be comfortable. We don't like to be uncomfortable. So things like working out, That'll make me uncomfortable. Now, I will reap the benefits. I will get stronger. I will leave the gym feeling good. But it takes that effort. And it's easier to not do it, sit on the couch. At the end of the day, and in the long run, I'm going to pay that price. So, I mean, you know, you can make the argument that it isn't easier to sit on the couch because your life is going to end up being harder. But again, you know, it's putting in that effort where doing something else that's worse for you you'll convince yourself that you, that you, it's going to make you feel just as good sitting down and watching a, you know, six hours of Netflix and drinking a, a half a bottle of wine. Yeah. Which, and the long-term aspect, as you mentioned, is a super good point. I think just even adding that to your repertoire of self-talk and saying, mm-hmm. how is this going to impact future me? Oh, yes, yes. And we've talked about that before. And I think that that's such a brilliant point because We've, 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 we've made that point in the past where people will say to themselves, you know, I, if I could go back in time and change that one thing, my life today would be different. But nobody thinks about how if I could change that one thing now, my future will be different, mm-hmm. right? Which is exactly, but you can't control the past, but you can control this moment to make the future different. 
Exactly. Right? Like this is this is this is something. This is where you can make a change. This is where you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't feel powerful in the moment, but we always try to think that, like you know, in in retrospect, things would have been different. Fuck, different from do it now. Do it now. Yeah, What's wrong with now? I love that point that you're making because it's really true. Actually, I don't know if I've really ever thought about it in that context because that does happen. We think a lot about the past and ruminate on that. Yeah, and it takes up the time. In the current moment, we yes. used to be taking action. What to, a waste to change the future. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I just think there's all this stuff. As I said recently, has just had a really big impact on me, and it really does go back to the power of what your mind can do, right? And it starts with very simple concepts mm. and can lead themselves and lend themselves to other things that can be very, very impactful. Okay, so what are your top three takeaways then? Like if you were going to say, we, we, we've touched on a couple of different things today. You talked about very specifically uh, making an intentional effort to love yourself. Yeah. And I think that that gets, that term gets tossed a lot, like like self-love and how important that is. So mm-hmm. if you could just kind of, if, if you could summarize what, what, what you think it means to put an intentional effort into loving yourself. In this context, I think you have to identify what you have learned to be a reward for yourself. And also, I think most people, like you said earlier, most people have the wherewithal to understand that half a bottle of wine is probably not as constructive as drinking a liter of water to keep it in the same sort of context, Mm -hmm. is to address that and to actually identify them so you know what you're working with. You know what you kind of have to adjust. And then Ask yourself, why do I think this is a reward? What is the impact and what is the effect? Okay. That's the starting point. Mm-hmm. Then to your point, as you said as well, what are you going to replace this with? Because you do have to find something that sort of takes the place of these quote unquote addictions, which yes. a lot of them are. Yeah, well, sure there are. I mean, like, and, and not just out, like we're addicted to our phone for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, really. great. Perfect example. Yeah. That's something I think pretty much everyone can relate to. Or, or and maybe even be in denial about, but I mean, you know. It is <laughs> right. Let's be honest with ourselves. And actually, here. that that's you, you make a good point about that. I'm gonna. What also is beneficial is that. So going back to that aspect of identifying all that, creating that basis, understanding where you are with that. Part of it again is you do have to take some kind of action. Like it's not just uh, you know crinkle your nose and say a magic word and it happens. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to take the action, but you also have to encourage yourself because you have to sort of build these neural networks and saying, well, this exercise is going to be a reward to me. For future me. Yeah. Think about it that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For future you, yeah. for sure. But what are you going to do for future you? Yeah. Even even for yourself, you'll, you will feel better. There, there will be chemical reactions in you that you will feel better from that exercise. Like it's part of it is you got to talk yourself up to it. And the other part of it is you will feel that reward immediately. Yeah. And, and future you is going to love you for it. Right. And also being habitual about things that you engage in will strengthen that reward system. Mm -hmm. Then what it made me think of when you brought up the phone thing is also introduce an additional reward to yourself after doing that, even though you've kind of reaped the reward of exercise in that maybe you say, well, I'm going to work out for 25 minutes. And then once I'm done my cool down and my stretching, I'm going to sit down at the kitchen table and I will look at social media for 10 minutes. Or listen to our podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's a good reward. That's another reward, right? <laughs> so it's you don't have to you don't have to go straight edge in life on anything because you'll just spin yourself 
crazy with that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, you, you do begin to appreciate the rewards a little bit more when they seem like rewards and not just kind of everyday. Fucking great point. Yeah. Like actually make it a reward. Yeah. Earn it. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm definitely. a big believer in sort of the the 80-20 philosophy in that as long as you're doing constructive, good, healthy things, productive things 80% of the time, the 20% of the time where you're not, i.e. eating chips, yeah, looking at your phone, watching television, it's not really going to be a terrible detriment to you. Like it's going to have not a great amount of impact. And you know what, Jim, I, I couldn't possibly agree with you more. And I think that that that's a great reminder is that the, the 20% is also important, right? And don't beat your, your, yourself up about that 20% as long as it's 20%. If you are doing 80% of the work, don't feel bad about taking 20% of the reward. This isn't this is a one size fits all answer, and it's also not a one size fits all answer. You really have to I speak from my experience because I never really knew what it was, and I still am learning every every day and every week. But I think now I'm finally realizing what it is, and it really is a foundation of doing these constructive things, taking care of yourself and feeling those rewards at least for me, it helped me realize what it, what it actually does mean to, to, to want to love yourself and to move down that path and to create that space for it. Love that, man. Yeah. Love that. Uh, be good to yourself today so that you, uh, are going to love yourself even more tomorrow. That's it. All right. We're going to, uh, we should we shut it down? Yep. Yeah. We're going to shut it down. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you. Love you, buddy. Love you, man. Okay, bye.